Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast, our best bets edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. We're going to go through 18 holes, make 18 bets, our favorite plays for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge at beautiful Colonial Country Club before we get there. Benny, let's review a little bit of what we saw from last week other than cold blackjack tables and at least some uh, lukewarm beer that were served at them. That part of it was not great. The rest of the week was pretty good, though. Justin Thomas gets his second career major championship. Oh, my incredible stuff. I mean, I was one of many, and you included, I think, that thought that JT might not quite have a hot enough putter to essentially get the job done last week. But boy, did he just come home strong. And he missed some of those putts, too. You know, you can get between 250 and 300 to one on him when he hit a shank on the sixth tee Sunday. Wow. And then he goes on and wins the tournament. Unbelievable stuff. More power to him. It shows keep your resilience. Keep in the game, and you never know what could happen. Great stuff from JT. He is an absolute stud. That's my biggest takeaway. Other takeaways, Will Zalatoris is going to get back here again. I know a lot of people are like, well, that putter, it's not great. Here's the way I look at it. He's not going to become a worse putter. All he's Mm -hmm. got to do is improve by half a putt per round, and he's got two majors and a win at Torrey Pines already in his young career. He's getting there. It's coming very soon. He's a world-class ball striker. It's going to happen for Zalatoris, and it's not going to take very much longer. And you feel bad for Mito, but you know what? I will say, Benny, I like the strategy. You've played three practice rounds. You've played three competitive rounds to get onto the 72nd hole and go, ah, you know what? I haven't hit three wood here before, but let's try that. Just because I'm leading and I want to be really conservative, I don't like that play. I want be aggressive. You know, look, if he had taken a three wood and gotten himself into trouble somehow and then made a bogey, got into the playoff and lost, we'd be ripping him right now for mm-hmm. playing conservative with a lead. Instead, he plays aggressively and he's getting ripped for playing aggressively when he had a lead. I'd rather lose when being aggressive than lose when being conservative. So fair play to Mito for that. And I thought Southern Hills is fantastic. A Perry Maxwell design, and if there's any little clues, breadcrumbs dropped from last week to this week, it's that we go to another Perry Maxwell design this week. Jordan Spieth called Southern Hills Colonial on steroids. 
So I guess Colonial now, uh, looking at it in the reverse way, it's Southern Hills off the steroids. And so it's a <laughs> pared down. Southern. We don't need our lineups this week to look like football teams. Our cards look like football teams. So you're first on the tee, Benny, as always. And what you got? Well, mate, you've uh, segued me brilliantly into the first of my two outright choices, Will Zalatoris. There you go. I think that Will can, in fact, shake off what happened, can find a way to go have another big week. He leads the tour in strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green. It's the exact type of course for him. He have a little gas taken out of the tank, no doubt, but he'll also have fire in the belly for being so near yet so far. Plus 2,000. I'm not afraid of it. I think that, as you said, it's just going to take a week where two or three of the putts that he may miss most weeks go in. And then he's going to be there. Look, I've watched guys like this my whole career. He just reminds me of Adam Scott. Pure bang, bang, bang. And the weeks where Adam Scott putted half decent, not even just in the top 25% of the field, he was finished in the top five every time. So that's all we need from Zal. And I think he can back up. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. My usual play on post-major weeks is to fade anybody that was in serious contention at the major the previous week. Just because, like I said, there's a lot of physical and mental energy that has been exhausted for those guys that were in serious contention. That said... Will Zalatoris is 25 years old. He looked like Correct. he was playing a Tuesday morning practice round when he was in that playoff with JT. Just looks like he's having fun, just hanging out, play some golf. No big deal. And so mm-hmm. I do like Zalatoris this week. I'm not going to go as big as you, but I found a really nice matchup that I like, and I'll play it for the second hole. Will Zalatoris at even money over Victor Hovland, who shouldn't be a good course fit for Colonial this week and is not playing his best golf right now. I love Zalatoris at that number. I'll go to hole three. And I'll do the exact opposite of basically what I've just done and feed into what you just also said about fading guys that have a big week. I'm not saying go gung-ho on this. I'm just saying here's a little opportunity if you feel inclined. But Justin Thomas to miss the cut is plus 650. Wow. Now, he is a guy that obviously could win this tournament this week, clearly. But he also could have been having a pretty big time the last few days. And he also might be just on a real big high and that just going to go out there and see what happens Thursday, Friday, right? Now, he's so talented. He could be three shots in the lead after Thursday. But 650, you don't see that often. Off the emotional high and roller coaster. I think that's just worth having a little look-see. It's a big number. I like it after a big number like that. I will point out, Ben. Only 120 players in the field this week. It's an invitational, Mm -hmm. not 156. So a lot less of a chance for a player like that to miss the cut. Still, why not? At a big number, give it a shot. Okay, hole number four. I'm going to go with another top five player in the world. A guy that didn't play great last week, but the ball striking numbers got pretty good on the weekend. He's shown a propensity in his young career for playing well at Colonial. It's one of the game's best ball strikers. I think everyone's going to be talking about Thomas and Zalatoris coming off that playoff last week and what they could do this week in a ball strikers golf course. But don't forget about Colin Morikawa. I will take him for a top five at plus 140 this week. Anytime there's a ball striking course, especially with him under the radar, like you said, absolutely someone to keep an eye on. I was thinking about our man, Scotty Sheplow, who missed the cut last week. and thinking, how do I get him in? You know, he's an option potentially for error. But I think that if you want to sort of get a number on him that has any sort of value, I was looking at him in the first round leader market. You know, okay. 20, 30 to one. He's playing in the morning. Uh, might not be released yet, but that's to come. And so is Sam Burns, 3,500. First okay. round leader. I like Burns. They're my two first round leader options at this stage. 
Scheffler burns. You know, I want to see how Sheff rebounds. I want to see his attitude and how he goes in front of that Texas crowd. And I think he's too short and outright to begin. So let's see how he goes in that first round. All right. I like that. Going to the sixth hole. I'm looking at a bunch of guys that are in the 50 to 65 to one range. I think that mid tier, right? The smack dab middle of the mid tier this week is a nice range to play. There are a few different guys I like here. Uh, Let's see other players. I didn't really mention Woodlands. I didn't mention Kevin Na, although I could, but I'm going to go with the guy that played really well. I talk about under the radar last week. If, Someone asked you right now, hey, list everyone who's in the top five at the PGA Championship. It just ended two days ago. You go, okay, well, there's Thomas and Zalatoris and Mito and Tommy Fleetwood was right there and Matt Fitzpatrick. And uh, yeah, that was probably Chris Kirk finished T5 <laughs> last week. And I'm not sure I ever saw a golf shot from him, very honestly. Chris Kirk was as under the radar for a top five in a major as you could get. He's played well at Colonial in the past past champion here i will play him for a top 10 at plus 450 yeah love it i'll go to hole seven a name you just mentioned i'm thinking a top 10 play could be gary woodland top 15 in the last two times he's played at the charles rock challenge i yep. think it's plus 400 for a top 10 i am one of the people who doesn't like to get on him for wins <laughs> i don't know uh, that he's going to be able to close the deal there on sunday at the moment till i see him do it again or at least really push hard to do it again I like to sort of look at that 10 and top five with Woodland and look like a decent number to me, 400 for top 10. I think that's a nice play there. I'm going to go down to top 20 for the eighth hole. Guy that I always like for high floor bets because that's essentially what he's shown to be over the last two years or so. But Maverick McNeely actually has finished outside the top 20 and I believe in his last four starts. Has been great, but hasn't been awful either. And he's shown a propensity for moving up for figuring out colonial colonial is a place where experience matters usually in your first time here and i'm sorry to the tommy fleetwood backers to the davis riley backers you might like a couple of those guys benny but they're playing this event for the first time usually it takes a little while to figure this place out math mcneely has gone from 42nd to 32nd to 20th and three starts I like him for another top 20 at plus 250 this week. Oh, mate, you are segueing me brilliantly into some of my picks. You just mentioned you need some experience around the joint. So the ninth pole, I'm going to give you sort of a long shot, someone to take across the board. And I think top 10 plus all might be the play here. The last 19 winners at the Charles Schwab Challenge have had an average age of 36 okay. and at least six starts at Colonial. Last year, Jason Kogrick was exactly the just up Dury's 36th birthday in his sixth start. This year, if you want to look for someone who might fit the bill, we have Patton Kaziah, age 36, in his seventh appearance, T3 last time, which is exactly the finish that Cockrack had the year before he won the tournament. So Patton Kaziah, you can get 150 to 1 he wins, 25 to 1 that he's top 10, 11 to 1 top five 450 for top 20 Patton Kazai fits everything that this tournament has trended towards and so just on that alone it's one of the easiest tournaments should see a trend he is the guy that fits it Patton Kazai check it out across the board sprinkle whatever you like the 1100 at top 10 was sort of where I sort of centered myself before we get to the turn you and I are going to grab a hot dog and a quick beverage but first tell us about PGA Tour pick them live as you do here on the pod every week yeah mate Free-to-play game on PJ Tour Pick'em Live where you grab your long shots, you throw them in for top 10, top 20, outright win and, and try to ride them home as if you were riding on a bet. Points are scored. And by the end of the tournament, 
you might win up to part of the $5,000 prize pool. And we've actually, we sort of stretched out the money too. More people win now, the more chances to get cash. And look, the guy that got JT, by the way, last week at the PGA, mm-hmm. he did get on him at 300 to wow. one during that final round and then watched it right home. <laughs> and he was cheering the thing. Home. I hope he got like some real money believe. on that one as well. That is, Ooh. yeah. Like, by the way, every time that you do make a change, obviously during the game, you do get that option. And that's just the beauty of PGA Tour at Bigham Live. So you go for those long shots. Why I always pick mine at the, at the turn. Patton Kazaya, absolute genius. There's quite a few blokes in that 65, 75 to one range that you mentioned. Uh, you know, you can get your woodland there. Um, there's a guy that I'll mention in my next hole out of the turn. So keep listening on and just go for the value in those early picks. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brentwish and Spencer Aguiar, golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for Colonial. Thank you, Jason. As always, we are pumped to be back with the Action Network after a wild Sunday at the PGA. We will get into the top placement market for the Charles Schwab. First off for me, I'm eating the juice on a guy that has not missed the cut in this event, I believe in a decade. Ryan Harmon, top 40, is minus 125 on points bet. My price in my model is at minus 170. Seems like the market in regards to FanDuel, Canby Shops, and DraftKings, I think is usually right around like 155 minus 175, I think it was on FanDuel. My model says, obviously, he's an excellent course fit because he hasn't missed a cut here in a long time. The accuracy off the tee, damn near elite ball striking so far in May and elite bent grass putting three straight top 35 finishes overall. I like his form and the course history. We already talked about that. It is absolutely nuts. Then I'm going to Ricky Fowler top 40 plus 110 on DraftKings. My price is minus 125. So not nearly the edge I have with Harmon, but course history really isn't there. But the iron play is coming on very, very strong for Ricky Fowler. He has gained strokes on the approach in five straight rounds and eight of the last nine. The putter is what's been the issue with Ricky Fowler. As we all know, over the past five years, he has been just slowly getting worse at putting, but he does return to Bentcrest where he's usually at his best with the flat stick. I'm ready to buy low with Ricky Fowler at plus 110 on DraftKings. And then one more for you, I'll be quick, is Cameron Tregali, top 40, one of my favorite golfers overall. I think I always bet this guy in some way, some form each week. Plus 125 on FanDuel. My price is minus 115. He has gained strokes approach in 10 of the last 11 events, and he as well is an elite bent grass putter. Spencer, what is on the card this week for the Schwab? Thanks, Nick. I have two long shots priced at plus 170 or higher to talk about on the show today. To go along with the golfer that is not only one of the most mispriced players on the DFS site, but also a value in the top 40 market. I will start with Matthew Neesmith, top 40, plus 170 on DraftKings. That is plus 105 on FanDuel. I had this price properly at plus 130. Neesmith is inside the top 40 for weighted proximity to mimic this week's course in my model. And part of that comes to light because of the reduction in second shots from 200 plus yards. Colonial Country Club produces 8.3% fewer approaches from that distance in a typical event. And it doesn't hurt matters that Neesmith ranks inside the top 15 when it comes to GIR percentage and good drive percentage. Those three factors give us a template of a golfer that should love these shorter tests which we know has historically been the case for the 28-year-old. Moving down the board and into the true long shot section, I played Luke Donald top 40 plus 400 on DraftKings. For reference sake, that is plus 230 on FanDuel. There is no safety in this play, meaning the exposure should be slightly more limited to fit whatever works with your bankroll. 
but the upside numbers do look incredibly stout in my model. Donald is 44 spots better on bent grass greens versus a typical surface. He is 28th in this field when recalculating the totals to mimic colonial and the weighted proximity looks top notch, ranking 11th in my recalculated data. And then I wrapped it up with the golfer that I believe might be the most underpriced DFS player on the board in Stuart Sink. You can get all of my thoughts there when you tune into the full version of Better Golf, but plus 135 on FanDuel is about 50 points higher than it should be. I want everyone listening to think of Harbortown and venues along that mold where he has found success in the past because it starts to paint a picture of a golfer with not only a built-in floor, but perhaps more upside than meets the eye. When I looked at all the players in my model for good drive percentage at courses with narrow fairways, weighted proximity to mimic colonial, and weighted putting, there were only seven golfers to grade inside the top 40 for each stat. The majority were expected in Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Sam Burns, and Abraham Answer. And then the one outlier to that group was Stuart Sink. That should give us a nice mixture of everything we are looking for this week. And I wouldn't be shocked if the American flirts with the first page of the leaderboard when all is said and done. Ooh, hinting at a first round leader. We got Brian Harmon, top 40, Ricky Fowler, top 40, Cameron Tringale, top 40, Matthew Naismith, top 40, and then the two old men on tour, Luke Donald and Stuart Sink, top 40. We will kick it back to you, Jason. Thanks for having us, and good luck to everybody this week. All right, as we make the turn, we get to the 10th tee. It is my honor, and I will go with a first-round leader play. Look, there's some deep brain thinking here. We're coming off a major championship. Players are going to be practicing maybe as much as they would, working on their games maybe as much as they would, although they always do impress me, Benny. You, we always have this narrative of, like, they're coming off a major. A lot of guys are going through sectional qualifying on Monday for the U.S. Open. They're playing 36 holes. They're tired afterwards. These guys actually impressed me with how much they do work. They'll be back out there 6 a.m. the next day, grinding away at the range. But just in case, you know, maybe everyone's kind of taking a few days of like rest and recuperation going into it. I want a guy for the first round leader who knows this golf course better than anybody else. How about a member of the golf course who's played here 18 times in the past? Ryan Palmer, first yes. round leader, 55 to 1. 55? Yes, please. I've yeah, changed like mine from number. earlier. I'm jumping on with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's in the morning or afternoon yet, so I'll have to have a look at that. But either way, actually, you know, he could put up a number at any time. You're right. He's got all the experience. He's had some great weeks this year. I can't find anything wrong with that at all, unless so there's some sort of wind factor or something that I haven't seen yet. There's supposed to be some um, wind this week, so I would I'd pay attention to it. Last week, we got a little fooled because... On mm-hmm. Friday, of course, the wind was stronger in the morning than the afternoon. That's usually the opposite of that. So you want to look and see not just if there's wind, but when the wind is going to blow more. But usually, usually, especially in Texas, we see the morning to be calmer than the afternoon. All right, 11th hole for me. It's funny you just mentioned the uh, sectional qualifying or whatever in Texas. I'm going to ride a hot hand there for a top 40, to be honest. Forget the fatigue factor. I think he's going to be on an absolute high, and I've seen – some good things out of him every so often, but top 40 plus 250, Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama was the absolute leader, minus 11, medalist for the US Open qualifying, plus 250 on a guy with a hot streak and a hot hand and with a good feeling. I'll take it. I'm holding up my notes <laughs> right now, Benny. You're, you're looking at him. You can see him there. Yeah. You and I do not talk about anything going into nope. this. 12 hole. I've got three guys written down for top 40s. The first two were teammates in the Zurich Classic. I think they're very similar players. 
And I think their games set up really well for Colonial. David Lipsky and Aaron Rye. The yes, third one, good. Kurt Kitayama. I've got him <laughs> written down right here. Played well at sexual qualifying. He's had two top five finishes in his last five or six starts. He's a little bit of an all or nothing, kind of like Chris Kirk in Mm -hmm. that in his last six, seven starts, he's had four really good ones, three where he didn't reach the weekend. But for a top 40 play at that price, I don't mind taking a shot on him whatsoever. So, yes, you and I are absolutely on the same page with that one. All right, 13th all then. I'll crack along. Top five play. I like the idea of um, this guy, again, someone who popped up every now and then on the coverage last week at the PGA. Uh, he's close to that 36-year-old age. He's 35 at the moment. This will be his 10th appearance at the Charles Schwab Challenge, and he's right on the cusp of getting a place in the US Open. He's had six top 25s at Colonial since 2015. Brian Harmon, plus 1,100 for a top five. Brian Harmon, I'm all over that, to be honest. I think that he is potentially could have he could win he could win this thing he's just not in my era but top five 1100 i love it oh benny he can win he can win this thing which is why i'm gonna wait a few holes to mention brian (laughs) Harmon. there you go you and i are absolutely Uh, on the same page with this all right before we get there i will start off the 14th hole I've got a three-ball matchup on DraftKings this week. A couple of little fades for me. There's not a whole lot that I'm trying to fade out there this week, but Daniel Berger was not good last week. I don't know what's going on. 2020 champ at Colonial. He was 13 over through two rounds at Southern Hills. It it was more putter than the other 13 clubs, but still, he's a fade for me until we see him turn things around. And then Sung Im is straight off having COVID. He traveled overseas. He was playing an international event. Got COVID, was out of the PGA Championship, is back in this week. I haven't heard yet whether it was symptomatic, asymptomatic. I don't know how he's feeling or what he's into right now, whether he's playing and practicing over the last few weeks or not. But I'm going to fade Berger and him in a three ball and take Taylor Gooch at plus 175 against them. Well, we agree to disagree here. Oh, what you got? Because my next play on top 20 is one international superstar, Sung <laughs> J.M., coming rested off COVID, actually quite fine, playing very well. Okay. From all reports out of my international connections, I'm saying top 20. So maybe Gooch will be top 10. You know, like okay. whatever. We can both win. Like yeah, that. we can both go there. 130 for a top 20. He didn't go through the rigors of the major week. I'm going to put the caveat on it here, though. It's just what I'm hearing from people in my circle that, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. That could easily be just agent, managers speak, et cetera, right. right? He could be very tired. I'm not on the ground. I'm not watching him. But small outlay, plus 130, top 20, I'll take their word for it. I'm not going to be mad if everybody takes your advice and goes the other way because I haven't seen it with my own eyes. I tell you what, Benny, that could be – more valuable for DFS than anything else where you're trying to get an edge, get a contrarian player. I think people might be a little scared off Sungjae coming off the WD last week. And so there you go. might be a smart play there. 16th hole, the final hole at Colonial Country Club. It's not an easy hole, 441 yard par four. And yet that's not that long for these guys. Two of the last three winners birdied that hole. Daniel Berger in 2020 and Kevin Na in 2019. For the winner to birdie the 72nd hole, they don't have to birdie it and win on that hole. They just have to, you know, they could be up six. Uh, It could be somebody coming from behind, whatever it is. But for the winner to birdie the 72nd hole on Sunday afternoon, yes, 
plus 400. That seems like a really good number when it's happened two of the last three years. That's a good number. You're 100% right on it being a good number. It's not like an all-in play or whatever, but it's, it's definitely a good number to look at. Yeah. All right. 17th hole. My outright winner, number one choice, plus 4,000, 31 years of age, not quite up near the 36. Mm-hmm. Fifth appearance, not quite the sixth appearance that close. the trend is. Inside the top 10 last week at the PGA Championship, also had a chance maybe on Sunday if he could have kept some sort of role going. Hasn't missed a cut at Colonial ever. T14, the last two times there. Abraham Answer mm. is my man. Abraham Answer is going to find his rhythm, get rid of that frustration. He's going to take out of what Justin Thomas was able to do and realize that, oh, I just kept my head on a little longer on Sunday. Maybe I would have been in that playoff. Maybe I could have won that tournament instead of sort of letting the emotion get to him just that little bit early. I feel like there's a lot of guys learning that lesson this week. I'm loving Abraham Answer. He plays under the Mexican flag, but has strong Texas connections. So I love it. Abraham answered ninth place last week. He hadn't finished top 30 in a PGA Tour stroke play event all year before that. I do think he's on a little bit of an upswing right now, and he has played well at Colonial, as you said. My favorite play, my favorite outright this week, it's a guy that you mentioned already. I alluded to it. (laughs) He didn't play great last week, but the ball striking numbers on the weekend were really good. He led the field in strokes gained on approach shots on Sunday in the final round. And he also made a ton of birdies over the last 36 holes. Yeah. Couldn't eliminate the mistakes, but at a place like colonial where he's got three top tens, six top 25s and nine career starts. I expect Brian Harmon to have a much better week. Mm -hmm. This is a guy much like a few other players, like his old UGA buddy, Russell Henley, where the performances sort of outlasted the results recently. I expect Mm -hmm. there to be a good result at some point, just based on the fact that he's played really well for a really long time. This could be the week. Brian Harmon looking to get back into the winner's circle for the first time in a long time. I like him at 65 to one outright, Benny. Yeah, he was in the short list for my two outright, you know, choices for the pod. Uh, I settled with the 1100 or so at top five, but, Again, like I said, I could absolutely see him winning. I could see that birdie on the 72nd hole for you, mate, and collecting it all. So I wish I could have an argument with you on him, but no, he he looks good. He looks like he's trending exactly into this tournament and into this golf course. I certainly hope so. It's one of the things, if you read my preview at the Action Network or Golf Bet, that I'm looking at is the metric of final round ball striking from Southern Hills, which again, it's a Perry Maxwell design. They're going to another Perry Maxwell design this week at Colonial. They're hardly the same courses, but there are definitely some similarities in there. So I'm looking for a little correlation there. This has been a lot of fun this week. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can listen to the Links and Locks podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, listen, and rate us every single week. Good luck with all your plays for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. Here's hoping you hit the green.